In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be comfortable. Good morning. Good morning. Your faith has made you well. True or a cliche? Helpful or hurtful? I was, um, I was talking with a friend of our family who is grieving the death of her seven-year-old grandchild. Um, and the circumstances I won't go into, but just trust me when I say it was um, unjust, unnecessary, violent, and tragic. Tragic in every conceivable way. And as she's going through this grieving process, she said, um, people are saying to me the same things that I've said in those situations. When we don't know what else to say. I've said them too. We've all said them. When we don't know what else to say, we say things that are cliche. And we mean to be helpful, but they're really not helpful. Right? We say things like, God needed another angel in heaven. God must have wanted her, needed her more up there than down here, right? We've said these things. But those cliches are not helpful. And so, and as a person of faith, I'm listening to her and I'm wondering how, how does her faith save her? And I, I, I say that intentionally. Not will her faith save her, but how? And what kind of faith will save her? I'll get back to that by the end. Don't worry. But, but that's an important question for us to ask. Because if we do have this sort of understanding that if, if, if we just believe enough, or if the not just the quantity, but if the quality of our faith is so pure that we will pray our way out of any, any kind of adversity, that will work for a while, but not always, will it? And not eventually. And so if we say that our faith will make us well, and if we only understand that in the sense of being healed of a disease... Well, eventually, we're going to run into a real crisis of faith. So, yes, our faith will save us. But I think it's important to understand what do we mean by being saved, healed, made well? And what do we mean, what is this faith that we're thinking of? And today's gospel, really, which is the carryover from last Sunday's gospel, where remember where the apostles said, oh, you better increase our faith says something about this quanti- this qua- what is faith? And today it says something about what do we mean by being saved? How are we saved? Um, so just, some of you weren't here last Sunday. Um, for good reasons, you know, you might be in Houston maybe. Or, but um, last Sunday we talked a little bit about uh, faith not being a commodity, but an identity. Not being a resource, but being a relationship. And that, that we walk in that way of being. 
That's what faith looks like. Today, um, these lepers give us an another sort of slant on faith and how we're saved by it. So, so just to retell the story, uh, you, you, we need to be reminded of a couple of things. Leprosy back then um, was any sort of skin condition. They were so afraid of, of it being leprosy. Any skin condition was enough to get you booted out of the community. An outcast, isolated, alone, unless you can band together with a couple of other lepers, or in this case, ten lepers. You were out cast from the community. And in order to get back in, because not all skin blemishes turned out to be leprosy. So if it cleared up, you could go back, present yourself to the priest, he'd give you a good dermatological look over, and sort of sign your paper and let you back in. Otherwise, though, you were cast out permanently. You also got to understand that the, 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 the Jews and the Samaritans didn't just sort of disagree. They didn't agree to disagree. They hated each other. And yet, these lepers band together. One of them turns out to be a Samaritan. And so, Jesus is in this land where he's not supposed to be, in this in-between country, this borderland. And the lepers see him, and they keep their distance like they're supposed to because they are quarantined. And they say, have mercy on us. Not a very specific request, is it? Have mercy on us. And Jesus says, go and present yourselves to the, to the priest. And as they are doing that, obediently, they are cleaned. They are made well. They are saved. One of them turns back. So excited, so aware of what God has done that he is singing praises to God and throws himself down at Jesus' feet and thanks him. And Jesus says, what about the other nine? Only this Samaritan returned to give thanks. And when we hear Samaritan, you got to hear, there's no such thing as a good Samaritan, right, Thomas? In Jesus' day, it would be like saying, in one of them was a member of Al-Qaeda. I mean, this is... So what is this saying to us about this, this way of faith? And how does it save us? Well, there's two things I want to talk about. One is orthodoxy versus orthopraxy. Because that makes me feel really smart to say such big <laughs> words. Orthodoxy versus orthopraxy. Orthodoxy, to be orthodox, is to have the right beliefs. Orthopraxy is to have the right actions. To be people of faith, oftentimes we think it means we have to believe rightly, correctly. I think Jesus likes us to get the, the, the orthodoxy correct, but the priority is on the right practice. It doesn't matter where we come from, what our pedigree is even if we're a Samaritan. Right. For, for, for people of faith, so often we have so much trouble thinking that we believe right or that we understand completely, so we may think, we, therefore, we don't have enough faith. But Jesus is more concerned with our practices than our catechism 
test scores. Right? Orthopraxy is more important than orthodoxy. Right practice. People of faith act right. Bernard Dozier says, don't tell me what you believe. Tell me what difference it makes that you believe. How are we going to behave and act? I like Anselm's understanding that faith seeks understanding. Understanding doesn't allow us to say, okay, now I have faith. That's important. Orthopraxy versus orthodoxy. The other thing is that what do we do with that? When we, what is the role of worship in our life of faith? That's how we get to the point of being saved, healed, cleansed, made well. Notice that that's what that leper does. He recognizes that God has acted in his life. And he responds to it. Uh, Richard Foster is a, a, an author who wrote the book Celebration of Discipline. Um, not a new book, but a classic. He says that worship is the human response to the divine initiative. It's our response to God's actions. And that's exactly what this leper did. He responded to God's initiative. Now, if you were paying careful attention to the text, it would be okay for you to wave your hand and say, but, but it was they, they did the initiative. They're the ones that said, hey, Jesus, have mercy on us. And I would say that's a point. However, people of faith, people who are walking in this relationship, this connection, looking for God's presence in the know that there's no coincidence. It's not a coincidence that Jesus happened to be walking through their village in a region he wasn't supposed to be. They didn't initiate it by saying, hey, Jesus. God was acting by putting Jesus on their path in the first place. To walk by faith is to see and to know all of those connections and then to respond to God's initiative. Worship, Foster goes on to say, is praising God for who God is and thanking God for what God has done. That's why we're here today. It is a right and good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give you thanks and praise. Always and everywhere a good and joyful thing to give God thanks and praise. Praise God for who God is, the properties of God, to love, to create, to forgive, to heal, and also thank God for the specific things that God has done for us in Christ and in our own individual lives. And that saves us. That saves us when we are walking that way, looking and acknowledging God's presence in our lives. It saves us. C.S. Lewis, in that book, Grief Observed, as he is sort of meticulously journaling about the death of his spouse and the grief he's feeling, comes to the point eventually, eventually, where he says that praise is the antidote to grief. 
praise for who God is, thanking God for what God has done, even, not in spite of, but even in the midst of these tragedies that we can't understand, and that hurt us. So my friend who is grieving, her faith is saving her. It's a faith based on orthopraxy, not necessarily orthodoxy. It's a faith based on her showing up and continuing to worship, to praise God for who God is, to thank God for what he has done. All the while, she is still saying, this is unfair and this is a hurt that I cannot bear. In our lives, I know you. I know some of your hurts. Your faith is saving you. It may not be as miraculous as those ten lepers. But your faith will save you. Your faith is saving you. Share those stories with one another too. To strengthen all of our faith. Continue to come back. Praising God and thanking God. That is walking by faith. And it is saving us all.